Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Brethren, we have met to worship. Brethren, we have met to worship and before you this day we thank you and praise you for your many blessings to us everything from the amazing sunshine and the beautiful day to the Holy Spirit who dwells within our hearts as was promised and given on the day of Pentecost I just pray that you'd be with us as we worship that we might exalt your holy name in Christ's name we pray amen, amen. please be seated
very much, ladies. I would like you to take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read to you verses 1 down through 14. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we look into our text this morning. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit within our hearts and our lives. We thank you for the miracle of the scriptures that explain the truths that apply so directly to us. We thank you for the hope of eternity, the power of victory over death that only rests in Christ. And I pray that this morning, as we look in this text, that we would understand better your plan and your work for each of us individually. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 down through 14. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and the, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt, and in parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues or languages, the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter Standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. The day of Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50 days. Pentecost. It is a festival observed 50 days after the fruits of First, uh, the the uh, feast of first fruits in the Old Testament. You and I know it as Easter, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at 1 Corinthians 15 20, it says, Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits, fruits of them that slept. So, all the way back in the Old Testament, when it taught them to do the feast of first fruits, it was prophesying 
the resurrection of Christ, who is the first fruits of the resurrection. So when we look at Pentecost, the 50 days, the 50 days or seventh Sunday after Easter, we come to this point in our text where we find the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was also on the first day of the week. Can anybody tell me what's today? Today is Sunday. What day of the week? First day of the week. Of course, in our culture, in our world that we live in, we kind of think of this as the weekend. But actually, today is the week beginning. Today is the first day of the week. And is it interesting that we are here worshiping on the first day of the week? And does that tie into Pentecost? Yes. Does it tie into the resurrection? Yes. The reason we worship on Sunday is because we see that pattern set in the scriptures. The day the Holy Spirit came to the church on the day of Pentecost is the same as the resurrection day, the first day of the week. These events motivated the early church to set the practice of worshiping on Sunday, the first day of the week, into place. Acts 20, verse 7 says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Only a couple of you saw that up there. So he preached until when? So I've already shown you that we, we took from Pentecost, from the resurrection, from the giving of the Holy Spirit, the pattern of worshiping on Sunday, the first day of the week. And now is the time to start practicing preaching from now till midnight. No, not really. But we find the early church gathering together on the first day of the week because of the resurrection, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Easter, 50 days from the time of the Feast of First Fruits. I take you to this text because today is the day of Pentecost. Today is the day. It is the 50th day. And around the world, many, many, many churches recognize and celebrate the day of wit, they call it in Europe. And the reason it's called the day of wit is because that's the shortening of the word witness. And the Holy Spirit came to dwell within them to be a witness of the presence of God in the hearts and lives of the church. You and I, today, the day of Pentecost, the day of wit, as we as a church come and worship on the first day of the week. When we look at this text in Acts chapter 2, we see that there's just an amazing event that takes place that impacts your life and mine. We may think to ourselves, well, that was a long, long time ago. But actually, it still applies to you and I today. Not only because we worship on Sunday, as the early church did, but because we possess the gift that was given at that time. Look with me, if you would, at verses 2 down through 4. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing and mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. You and I as Christians, as promised by our Lord Jesus Christ, we possess in our hearts and in our lives the very presence of God in the form of the Holy Ghost. John chapter 7 verses 38 and 39 they say, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow the rivers of living water. But this spake Christ of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But Christ prophesied of the coming of the Holy Spirit. He told them, he says, there will come another even as I the Comforter shall come. You and I possess the very gift that was given on that day, the day of Pentecost, all that long ago. Still today, His presence is within our hearts and souls. The day that you turn from your sin and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God came to dwell in you and Jesus called it being born again. Old things passed away and all things became new. You became a child of God and the Spirit of God came to dwell within you. It's interesting when we look at this text, it tells us from heaven came the Spirit of God and cloven tongues as fire came upon them. Luke chapter 3 verse 16 says, and this is John the Baptist speaking, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost as with fire. So John the Baptist, who the New Testament says is the greatest prophet who ever lived. He said to the people at that time, he said, I'm baptizing you with water unto repentance, but there shall come another. In fact, he said, another greater than I, another whom I am not worthy to latch in his shoes is what it says in the, in the scriptures. He says, another shall come who shall not baptize you with water. And there is no record in the entire New Testament of Jesus ever baptizing anybody by water. But... He says, he will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit as of with fire. And so you and I, as we come to the day of Pentecost, as we come to this 50th day, 50 days, seven weeks after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we look at this text, we see Christ fulfill that prophecy as he gives forth the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And these flames as cloven tongues came down upon them on that day of Pentecost. It's interesting when we look at this text, we see the power of God do miraculous and wonderful things. 
It tells us in verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the amazing thing when you go on in the text, it tells us that every person heard in their own language. And if you listened as I read down through the text, did you hear all the languages that they were hearing in? Look at verse 8 again with me. And how hear we every man in our own language, our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, Cyrene, Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, all they heard in their own language. What a miracle of God. Not only do we find the apostles preaching, but people are hearing in their own language. It's a, it's a miracle like we can't comprehend. If all of a sudden you were from all different countries in the world, and as I spoke, you heard in your own language, that's, that is amazing. You have to go to New York City, and you've got to go to the, uh, um, oh, it popped out of my mind, the United Nations. The United Nations has it so that when a delegate comes and they sit in their seat, they can go ahead and they put on earphones, and as the speaker speaks, every single person in there hears it in his own language. But that's, that's not a miracle, that's technology. These people didn't even have a cell phone then. Never mind the technology to put earphones in. They didn't even have a telephone. Never mind a cell phone. They didn't even have... Well, they did have smoke signals. But that wasn't helping them, was it? No, here we find God do a miracle that is just unimaginable even still today. So when we start talking about that gift of languages... We understand that God had a purpose. He had a goal. And that goal was to communicate the gospel. I want you to look with me, if you would, at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Sometimes we get confused about what the miracles are and what their purposes were. But God makes it very clear to us why it is that he gave them the miracle of languages on the day of Pentecost. Listen to what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy or preach or proclaim. And he that speaketh in unknown tongues or languages speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that all of you speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy or preach or taught. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues or other languages, except he interpret, that the church may, might receive edifying. Now, brethren, 
If I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? So Paul is trying to help them to understand. When the day of Pentecost came and they were given the gift to speak in languages they did not know, he said it's utterly imperative that when you speak in a language, somebody makes it so people can understand that language. Amen? Amen. You know, I can get up and I really only know a couple languages. I know Vermont <laughs> because I've been here for now over 30 years. I know a little bit of Massachusetts. I can still park a car in the yard. <laughs> but I can also park a car in the yard. So see, I've got a couple languages down. But these folks weren't talking colloquialisms. They were talking foreign languages. I can't speak Italian or French. I can speak the slightest amount of Mexican only because Sandra Joe's from Texas and she cooks Mexican food once in a while. The reality is, if I got up here and started speaking in Italian, you'd all look at me. How many of you can speak Italian? You'd all look at me like I'm crazy. I thought maybe there'd be one person who would understand me, but not. There's not even one. But when you look in this text, he's making it clear to us. He says the gift of languages that was given on the day of Pentecost is a gift of communication. A gift of teaching, preaching, prophesying, to bring truth out for all people to understand. In fact, look down with me at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 21 and 22. Listen what it says as we come down to this text. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues or languages and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, Will they not hear me, saith the Lord? Wherefore, tongues or those languages given on the day of Pentecost are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So when you look at the day of Pentecost and you see the response of the crowd that day, what is that response? They are in amazement. How is this possible? Medes and Cretes, people from Mesopotamia, people from Egypt. How do we all hear these men in our own tongue? They are amazed. Unbelievers stand in shock because this is a sign that God is at work. But they understand what they hear. So when we look at this text, we understand that God gave us the Holy Spirit that we might be spokesmen, spokeswomen for God. That we might bring forth and proclaim the message of Christ, the hope that is found in him around the world. When you go farther down through 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you find even instruction and parameters for those who had the gift of speaking in other languages at that time as given by the Holy Spirit. We call those the apostolic gifts. The ended, those ended with the apostles. 
But the apostolic gifts, he gives very clear, clear parameters. He tells them, he says, when you come together, you want to make absolutely sure there's an interpreter of those languages or be silent or speak to yourself. Because it's not edifying to the congregation for somebody to get up and speak in a foreign language that nobody understands. And every once in a while, we do have missionaries who come who will sing us a song in another language, but they tell us what it's about. Or if they read a Bible verse in their tongue, they will interpret and tell us what it's about. That's following the pattern that's given to us in the scriptures. But the day of Pentecost is a day when a miracle gift is given to the church. Not only the gift of communication at that time, but the gift of the presence of the Holy Spirit for all time. You and I still today have the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you go to work tomorrow morning on the second day of the week, just thought I'd toss that in there. When you go to work, the Holy Spirit goes with you. When you go home this afternoon and you have lunch, the Holy Spirit is there within you. When you visit with your friends or tonight when you come to baccalaureate, the Holy Spirit comes with you. That is an amazing, miraculous gift from God. When we look in this text, we're reminded of the miraculous gift. Look down with me if you would at verse 12 down through 14 in our text of Acts 2. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he lifted up his voice and he said, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Peter stood up in the midst of these people in Jerusalem. They were there because it was the 50th day, 7th Sunday, after the Feast of New Fruits, the resurrection of Christ, Easter. All these people had gathered in Jerusalem for their celebrations. And Peter stood up, he says, listen, listen. Everybody listen. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That you and I might be empowered and enabled, strengthened and guided. Comforted, yes. But given the ability to bring forth the truth of God to others. It is a gift that passes from generation to generation. It doesn't mean you're a preacher like Peter or a preacher like Pastor Tim. It means that you're a sharer of the truth through the power of the Holy Ghost. A gift given for the lost that they might hear and know. You know, when we look into the scriptures at that gift of the Holy Spirit, we see that the gift of the Holy Spirit did great works in the hearts of lives then and now. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to listen with me at verses 
1 on down through in 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give, I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the, Holy, by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. He's saying the Spirit of the Holy Ghost was given to you and I that all might benefit by that Spirit. So in your Christian life, I really want you to leave here understanding that the day of Pentecost is a mark in your life. It's a, it's a stone statue. And it's saying on the day of Pentecost, you as a Christian received the power and might of the Holy Ghost. And you got the Holy Spirit so that you could benefit everybody else. You see, sometimes Christians think it's all about them. It's not all about us. God has a greater, larger, broader vision than one. He wants the Holy Spirit in you to bless your children. He wants the Holy Spirit in you to bless your spouse. He wants the Holy Spirit in you to bless your co-workers. He wants the Holy Spirit in you to bless your community, your country, your world. So he tells us here. He says, that spirit, that same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all, to profit everybody. For to one is given the spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. As we look down through this text, we see that he's, he's assuring us that from the day of Pentecost to today, the Spirit of God dwells within us. To enable us to do the work of God for all of us. We are all part of a church family, aren't we? And the Bible says that he added us to one another. He gave us the same spirit. Did you catch that in that text? He says, whatever your gift is from the Holy Spirit, who is given to you by the Spirit. Maybe you have the gift of administration. You've got the gift to kind of organize and pull people together. We're, we're doing the garage out here at the back parking lot. And I, I was texting with a gentleman yesterday who said, well, listen, I'll, I'll offer my crane to help put these rafters up. And I texted him back. I told him, I said, great. I just have to find that guy who's going to head that crew who knows enough about um, framing to be there that day when I put together a crew. 
So I'm looking for that framing master who says, yes, I'll be free on that Saturday. Because people are so busy, aren't they? It's hard to find for that day, you get to put all the pieces together. That takes a little administration, doesn't it? We all have to do it, don't we? Got to organize and administrate. Moms do it every night when you get the whole family together for dinner. You got to figure out how am I going to get this person and this person and this person here and have the pork chops not overdone. It takes some gift of administration. But he goes on, he says also this, the, the gift of healing. And sometimes we make that, you know, at the time of the apostles, the apostolic gift of healing was not like today. I mean, they had, the apostles could literally touch and heal, even as Christ did. It was a sign to the people at that time that these people had been with God. But as the apostles passed, that gift changed. But there are still people today who have an incredible gift of ministering and helping and leading people to healing. We have nurses all through our church. Those, those nurses, honestly, they put in tremendously long hours and they work hard. And they help administer healing, don't they? You know, I go to the hospital when families let me come in. I, I will go in and I'll hold hands with folks and we'll bow our heads and we'll pray. I've seen nurses bow their heads and absolutely pray right with me. I've seen others who walk away, but some really have a heart for their patients and they pray right with me. You and I live in a day and age where we see the Holy Spirit work in many unique and individual ways. And in your life, you need to be asking God, Lord, you've given me the Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells within me. What is my gift? Is it the gift of teaching? The gift of giving? The gift of praying? The gift of nurturing? The gift of hospitality? What's the gift you have for me, Lord? And then remember, it says the gift of the Holy Spirit is to benefit all. It's not for us to sit at home and say, oh, wow, isn't this so amazing? I've got such and such a gift. No, it's for us to touch our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, our community by the power of the Holy Ghost. So on the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit in each of our hearts and lives. And we experience that. You know, the Bible tells us that he brings to remembrance the things we have learned by the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian and you've spent time in the Word of God, it's miraculous the way sometimes you're talking to somebody, God will bring to your remembrance that which you had learned. But so many ways the Holy Spirit works in us. And we need to embrace that. We need to allow God to have freedom in that. That he might use each of us individually to change our generation. Our families, our communities, those around us. So this morning, I want you to remember, this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day we remember 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you and I still today enjoy the benefits of the presence of God in us. As we come to the end of the service, what I do want you to do is ask yourself, do you have the presence of the Holy Spirit? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Are you, as Christ called it, born again? Have you been born into the family of God by faith as you turn from your sin to receive him into your heart and into your life? If not, then as we come to the end of the service, as Brother John comes up and leads us in a song, let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Let him woo you and beckon you. That you yourself today might come up and let us open the Bible, pray with you, that today you might turn from your sin, turn by faith to Christ, and be born again. You and I walk in the Holy Spirit. You and I bear witness of the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day of Pentecost. We thank you for the scriptures that remind us of the presence of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our hearts. And I pray that as we go forth from this place, that we would be more than hearers of the word, but as James tells us, doers of the word. Help us to allow the Holy Spirit to move us and guide us, empower us, enable us. That we might reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ, our neighbors, our family, our friends, and share the truth of the scriptures, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of salvation. Help us to be your ambassadors. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe Brother John has a closing song. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue.